Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, January 17th. As always, we are presented by these home cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski. Just me today, uh, but it's not going to be me the whole time. We have a huge show for you. Uh, we have an interview with former offensive lineman, now retired uh, offensive lineman Joe Hawley. Uh, if you don't know who he is, um, he played for the Falcons for, I believe, five years and for the Buccaneers for the last three. Uh, this was his first year retired out of the league. Um, a little bit of a different sort of retirement. You know, he didn't have to retire. Uh, you'll even hear in the interview that he did. Uh, he could have played another couple of years in the league, but he decided to hang it up because well i don't want to give too much away but uh, it's a great interview with him this is something we've had in the works for a little bit uh, we've been trying to get it you know uh sort of planned out the last couple of, of days and we finally got it done yesterday uh, we're really proud to bring that interview interview to you um so I'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show. But other than that, we also have a huge show planned out for you today. We got uh, college football talk. The transfer portal is open. Uh, football preview, championship uh, football preview for the playoffs this weekend. Uh, a little basketball, a little baseball. Um, and then we're going to finish up the show with Joe Hawley's interview, uh, which is one of the best interviews I think we've done so far on this show. Um, I know we've only had – this will be our fourth pro athlete we've interviewed uh, – but I seriously think he, he was one of the coolest guys we've ever talked to. Uh, one of the coolest guests we've had on the show, not just pro athletes. Uh, and we were really excited to bring that to you. And we're, we're so excited for you to listen to it today. Uh, so let's start with some football. It's where we always start. Um, we'll start with the championship, the playoff. Uh, the AFC and NFC championships are this weekend. Uh, finish, wrapping up the NFL playoffs. Um you know, we'll start with the first one, AFC, Kansas City versus the Patriots. It's in Kansas City, which I think is a huge factor in this game. Uh, Arrowhead is not the easiest place to play. Uh, and if you're looking at the weather, you've been looking at the weather the last couple of days, it's going to be cold. Uh, I'm, I can't remember what it's how cold it's going to be, but it is going to be chilly. There's going to be snow. I think it's going to be way worse than it was last week uh, for the Colts game. Um but this is a huge game for both teams. I think the fact that it's in Arrowhead gives the Chiefs a huge advantage. Uh, you know, they played earlier on in this year, uh, and the Patriots won that game in a shootout. Uh, but if you remember, that was in Foxborough, uh, and it was certainly not even close to the type of weather we're going to have on Sunday. Um, this is a huge test for Patrick Mahomes. He's going up against the old veteran Tom Brady, somebody who's been in this game time and time again. I believe this is their eighth straight championship game. Um, this is a huge test for him. If he can beat Tom Brady, and I think honestly, I'm not going to throw out that bold of prediction, but I think if Tom Brady loses this game, I wouldn't be surprised if he and Gronkowski retire next year. I think Gronkowski's done. I think he's played his last uh, home game for the Patriots, and this is going to be huge um, for him because if he really wants to end his career on a solid note, um, this is where you start right now in the AFC Championship game. So obviously the Patriots are the more experienced team. Uh, Andy Reid has had a little experience here and there in the championship game, uh, but not enough, not even close to Belichick. No coach in the league is even close to Belichick in terms of experience. Um, but if you match it up, you look at the defense. You know Kansas City versus the Patriots. Their defenses. Uh, you know the Patriots have you know Brian Flores, the Patriot defense, which is you know that bend don't break philosophy. Uh, that was something that. Concern people pretty much the whole season because they really didn't seem like the Patriots' defenses of the past. Um, 
but they sort of shut that rumor out uh, last Saturday. And the same with the uh, with the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs kind of shut that out too last Saturday. Um, you know, they put up a great performance on defense, and they didn't even have their best player in Eric Berry. So I think Eric Berry is going to play in this game. Uh, he hasn't been really the Eric Berry we've seen of the past. He hasn't been great. Um, but he's just coming back off that Achilles injury. And Achilles injuries... If you know anything about them, they are the toughest injury to come back in all of sports. Uh, pretty much every... No, I don't think there's been a player who's come back from an Achilles injury and has been the same, played at the same level than he did before. Um, but Eric Berry, he beat cancer. I trust him with anything. Uh, if there's one guy in the league in sports that could do it, it's him. Uh, but he's still trying to find his way back. So he's not a huge force in this game. Chris Jones and that defensive line for the Chiefs has been a force all season, a very underrated force all season. Uh, he's going to have to get to the Patriots. He's going to have to get to Tom Brady to disrupt that kind of Patriot mentality of the dink and dunk type of little throws here and there to the running backs and receivers, especially in the slot. Um I think the Chargers game is a huge uh, indicator for what the Chiefs should roll in with defense. They shouldn't play that zone defense that the Chargers did. I think the Chargers run a little bit of a unique sort of defense, um, and it just didn't match up well with the Patriots. Uh, I think the Chiefs defense matches up a little bit better than what um, uh, the Chargers did. You know, They got some pretty good stable forces on that defense that I think is going to match up pretty well with the Patriots. Uh, so... In terms of offense, you look at, I think the Chiefs have the better offense, obviously, but experience rules overall. Tom Brady knows how to play in these games. Uh, obviously, Pat Mahomes is going to be playing in front of his home crowd. That helps out a lot. But at the end of the day, it's pretty much experience versus experience here. And if you're looking at it, Tom Brady knows what he's doing. Him and Belichick have gone toe-to-toe -to -toe on these type of games before. They're used to this type of atmosphere. Granted, they're usually used to playing these type of games at home. Um, and Arrowhead presents a pretty unique challenge. Uh, one of the loudest stadiums in the league. And especially with that cold, um, it's going to affect both teams uh, in different ways. I think um, Damian Williams is going to be a huge factor in this game for the Chiefs. He's got to do what he did last week. He's got to have a repeat performance. Uh, you know They're going to want to keep this ball on the ground. It's going to be cold. I'm not sure how much snow they're planning on getting. Um, but also, Pat Mahomes' arm is pretty strong, so it should be able to throw in this weather. Uh, but we will see. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game plan Andy Reid comes out with in this type of game, especially on the defensive side. Um, and it's going to be a great game for both uh us as fans and then for them as the players so we'll see what happens in this game but i'm going to take the patriots uh i picked against the patriots last week uh something i said i'd never do again but i did um i'm not going to make that same mistake twice so i'm taking the patriots here um and we'll see what happens uh come tuesday's show uh next game rams versus uh saints uh, this is also going to be an interesting game. It's going to be, you know, in New Orleans, in that Superdome, a very intimidating place to play on its own. Uh, one of the hardest uh, places to play if you're the visiting team, uh, just because those fans just get so pumped up. They had almost had a taste of it last year, uh, reaching the Super Bowl, and they are so close to finally reaching it again. Uh, and I don't think Drew Brees or Sean Payton is going to let the Rams come in there and easily take it. Um, Jared Goff, Sean McVay, they've never been in this type of atmosphere before. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they react to it. Um, I don't think Jared Goff is that great of a quarterback. With I think the, 
with the injury of Cup earlier this year, I think that really impacted the Rams' offense. Uh, they beat the Cowboys last week, but I don't think the Cowboys were that big of a team. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. But I'm going to take the uh, the Saints. I think it will be a Saints-Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, just because I trust Drew Brees with, I would trust Drew Brees with my life. I trust that guy um, with almost anything. Uh, it's just, do I trust the the Saints defense to beat the Rams offense? And I, I think I do in this situation. I trust a lot of those players. They got a lot of high profile guys uh, on that defense. Uh, you could just go down the list. You know, they do have a lot of names there. You know, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan are just two of them. Uh, they got a lot of good players, a lot of solid players, and I trust them more than I trust the Rams' defense. The Rams' defense is maybe a little more star-studded, but they haven't been able to put it together at all this year. Wade Phillips, the defensive coordinator there, hasn't done a great job at really putting these guys uh, in the right position. And maybe, you know, maybe a couple of them are overrated. You know, Sue hasn't done much this year. Aaron Donald is a straight beast. Uh, you Wherever you put him, wherever you play him, he's going to make plays. Uh, we actually have Joe Hawley talks about him a little bit uh, in our interview, so stay tuned for that. But Aaron Donald is just probably, he is the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, so any defense with him is going to succeed in some aspects. Uh, but the secondary hasn't been great this year. They got a lot of players there. Um, and I just don't think they do have enough to stop Michael Thomas. I don't have a corner. There's not a corner on that team that I trust enough to beat Michael Thomas uh, in man-to-man coverage. Uh, and then you got Traquan Smith, the rookie out of UCF, has kind of stepped up this year. Uh, you know, I know they signed Des Bryant, but he kind of went out with injuries uh, pretty early on. They never really got any production out of him. Uh, Traquan Smith has quietly been putting up a pretty good rookie campaign. Uh, and Ted Ginn Jr., you know, he's a guy who's been doing it for a long time. Uh, he's pretty dangerous up the seam. Uh, so they do have a lot of weapons there. And you look at the Rams, you know, the Rams besides Gurley, uh, they don't have a ton on the outside. You know, Robert Woods is a very good wide receiver, but he's nothing to be afraid of. I think Lattimore covers him up pretty well. Uh, and Brandon Cooks is another guy I think who's been kind of overrated, uh, so far into his career, but we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously it's a football game, so anything can happen, uh, on any given day, any given Sunday. Uh, so we'll see. But I just think the I think the uh, the Saints just have too much firepower, especially we didn't even talk about Ingram and Kamara. You know that one-two punch out of the backfield. Um, the Rams have a pretty good one-two punch too with Anderson and Gurley. But uh, what Kamara and Ingram bring, bring to the game, you know, Kamara switches it up pretty well with his uh, ability to receive out of the backfield. I just think it's going to be a blowout. I think the uh, Saints are going to get business done. Um, but you never know, you know. Sean McVay is a very good head coach, and this is a big test for him. Uh, but I trust Sean Payton more than I trust Sean McVay. So we'll see what happens in this game. Uh, but that's it for that. So we're going uh, Saints and, Ch- and Patriots. Uh, so we're going Saints-Patriots Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens, and we'll check back in on Tuesday. Uh, next thing, just smaller thing we have in football, NFL football. Uh, Peterson came out, Doug Peterson came out yesterday uh, and said – that he is going to be committing to Carson Wentz, that the Eagles are committed to Wentz. Uh, so that pretty much means that they are going to be getting rid of uh, uh, Nick Foles, which as an Eagles fan, would I 
I don't know. I would hate to be an Eagles fan because this is a very tough situation to kind of deal with and think through. Because on one hand, you have Carson Wentz, who I think everybody uh, who's not biased can admit that you think you have a better future with Carson Wentz than you do with Nick Foles. But then on the other hand, you have Nick Foles, who just unites the city in the locker room. But I just truly don't believe Nick Foles could sustain that kind of magic and energy uh, that he brings late in the year throughout a whole 16-game season. So what's going to happen, I believe now, is that Nick Foles is going to leave. He's going to go sign a decently big contract somewhere. Maybe it's with the Panthers because we'll talk about that uh, in a minute. But the Panthers, uh, I guess we'll just talk about it now. The Panthers uh, are possibly toying around the idea of just letting Cam Newton sit for the whole year. Uh, They're just going to let him sit. Uh, and heal up his shoulder, I believe, is something that's been bothering him for a long time. They kind of want to do an Andrew Luck type of thing uh, and just let him sit for most of the year, uh, which would be interesting because then who would they get? They have, they'd have to have a pretty decent backup uh, or starter for this year. And there's a lot of names out there now, a lot of fill-in guys, you know, with Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill, Blake Bortles, and now Nick Foles. You know, I think I'd take Nick Foles out of those names, although I'm a big Bortles fan. Uh I think I'd take Nick Foles, the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I think he. it'd be interesting to see. You know, you tell him, all right, I'm giving you these 16 games to start. I'm not benching you. I'm not doing anything no matter what except the injury. And here you go. Here's your, uh, let's see what you can do. I'm handing you the keys to the offense, see what you can do. And I think he'd work well with North Turner. Um, so maybe the Panthers, that'd be an interesting situation. But uh, Nick Foles is a legend around Philadelphia. He'll always be a legend. Uh, I think this playoff run, he kind of cemented that, uh, and it's going to be cool to see where he ends up, and it's going to be interesting to see, not just cool, uh, what he does when, what, what he does with the organization he ends up with, you know, could he sustain that type of magic for 16 games? Cause we've only seen prime Nick Foles, uh, in short bursts, you know, that one time when he was, uh, with the Eagles and he threw like 27 touchdowns and like no picks or something like something crazy. Maybe that was too much well, with, with Chip Kelly. Uh, and then he got a big contract with the Rams and he didn't do anything. Uh, then obviously the Super Bowl run last year and now the playoff run this year. Um, so can he sustain that magic for uh, 16 games? I don't think so, but I think there will be a team out there that will certainly give a former Super Bowl MVP a shot uh, and give them the keys to their offense. And it could be you know a team that's looking to develop a quarterback uh, behind him you know, obviously, letting a rookie learn behind a Super Bowl MVP is certainly something you want. Uh, but then you look at the Dolphins. You know, the Dolphins have said uh, that they like the quarterback class next year more than the quarterback class this year. So maybe they just let Nick Foles start this season, develop some other talent around him, uh, and let it go, and then get a rookie in the next year. So Foles is going to have options. Uh, Super Bowl MVP, former Super Bowl MVP, is going to have a lot of options on the open market. Uh, So we'll see what happens with that. Let's move on to college football with the transfer portal. The transfer portal is now open and it is hot right now. I've never heard the name transfer portal until the beginning of this year. Uh, It was something that I heard uh, ramblings of with Justin Fields, but it's hot now. It's definitely hot. Uh, people are moving through it in and out, in and out. And I love that name, Transfer Portal. Anything, Anytime you add portal to the end of something, certainly sparks your ears up every time you listen to it. Uh, so we got a couple people that have went through the Transfer Portal. We'll start with Tate Martell uh, from Ohio State. Uh, he is going to be transferring to Miami, Florida, where I think if he doesn't get uh, – 
if he does it, if he gets the waiver or whatever to start, I think he'll instantly be the starter there uh, at Miami. I believe Malik Rozier was their quarterback last year. Uh, they do have a couple younger guys, but I just don't think you're going to pass up the opportunity uh, to get a former four-star recruit uh, the starting job at quarterback, especially a guy who's put in a lot of work over the last couple seasons with Ohio State. Uh, you trust him. But a lot of people are asking me, you know, what do you think about this? Do you think Tate Martell is soft? You know, I, that's the big word that's been thrown around Ohio State's campus a lot the last couple of days and around the Ohio State fan base. Is Tate Martell soft? I don't think he's soft. I believe this is the right decision for him. Obviously, you want guys to come in here and compete. Um, I think we should support him like we did with Joe Burrow last year. Uh, obviously, that was different because Burrow kind of stuck it out and I think at the end of the day he was a senior there was no way he was going to get the starting job over Haskins there's no way he's going to get playing time really that season because uh, we wanted to use Tate in some packages uh, so that was the right move for him to transfer to LSU Tate Martell by transferring to Miami uh, it's kind of a clear message that he doesn't want to compete with Justin Fields he doesn't want to have to compete because he's been competing the last three years uh, he has put his time in at Ohio State I'll give him credit for that uh, but I guess, you know, at the end of the day, you want guys to compete. And if guys are just going to run off to uh, run off and enter the transfer portal the minute it gets a little tough for them, uh, you know, obviously fans are going to react negatively to that. Um, but Tate ran headfirst into that transfer portal. And as soon as people started to saw that, he's going to get a lot of hate. He's not going to get the same amount of love that Joe Burrow got. Um, and I think, honestly, a little bit that's on himself. Because he does talk a big game. If you ever listen to interviews or even look at his Twitter, uh, he talks a pretty big game as a guy who's never started a professional uh, college-level game yet. Um, you know, when Justin Fields was considering transferring to Ohio State, he tweeted that don't swing and miss twice. Uh, that's certainly now the case for Tate Martell because he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders to perform. If he doesn't, he's going to get a lot of hate from Ohio State fans, and they're just foaming at the mouth ready to throw hate on this kid um, who's just making, honestly, at the end of the day, you take out everything, you take out all the crap that's happened with him, everything he's said, everything the fan base has said. He's just a kid trying to get an opportunity to play a couple games and show what he can do to maybe move on to the next level and realize his dream of being an NFL quarterback. So I can't hate on the guy for that. I got to give him uh, some credit for that. That's why I never hate the transfer thing. Um, I know a lot of people hated on Kelly Bryant when he transferred. But at the end of the day, yeah, staying with a program sounds good. It sounds like the right thing to do, I guess. But when you're trying to make money, you're trying to do what you've been trying to do since a little kid, and that's make the NFL, you got to position yourself in the best opportunity to do that. Um, and I think uh, a guy like Jalen Hurts, who we're going to talk about now, uh, he was kind of the, uh, the poster child for uh, guys staying and committing to their program. But even at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts wants that opportunity too. So that's why he just decided to transfer to Oklahoma. Um, he wants the opportunity to get his starting job and show people what he can do so he can move on to the next level. Yeah, the teammate thing is great, you know, sticking with your teammates and riding it out and competing every single day. Um, but at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts wasn't going to get much playing time this next year. Uh, and you got to put tape out there if you want to make it to the NFL. So... I think both decisions are good decisions. You know, I can think about it in different ways. I can, if I take my biases out of it as an Ohio State fan, it's a right decision for both uh, 
both guys, especially Tate Martell. Uh, so good, all credit to them. I hope they do well uh, in their new systems, and I hope they do well uh, wherever they go, and I hope they eventually make it to the next level because both of them, at the end of the day, are good guys, good kids, uh, and very talented quarterbacks in their own right, and they deserve an opportunity to show what they can do to potentially make it to the next level. So we're going to move now to basketball, I believe. Yes, we're going to move now to that, but before basketball, I had to remind you guys about my guy Andrew at A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's Lawn Service has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Don't don't be dragged around by bigger landscaping companies. Turn to A's. Trust me, your lawn, your home will never look better. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're pretty pissed at yourself because of what you did uh, last year in the spring, in the fall, in the summer, you know, if your lawn was looking crappy and you're mad at yourself, you didn't have the time or you just didn't have the motivation to put forth the effort to make your lawn look great, um, don't worry about that. Don't get too hard on yourself. Turn to A's. Let him take care of all the work. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, I've known Andrew for a long time. He will always leave your lawn and your home looking spectacular. Uh, so turn to A's for all your landscaping needs. The phone number is. 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. Again, lawnservice.as at gmail.com. Uh, A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we'll cut it. So let's talk basketball. Not a ton of updates. Uh, obviously, we got to talk about James Harden, though. James Harden is probably the biggest story uh, in all of basketball, maybe even all of sports right now, uh, with what he did last night. So let's take you back a little bit to Monday. We talked about that on the last show. He scored 57 points on Monday, right? 57 points versus Memphis got them the win. Uh, I believe that was like his 13th straight game uh, with over 30 points. Then my man Harden goes out there last night, scores 58 in a losing effort to the uh, Brooklyn Nets, but I was in overtime too, so I guess it's not as impressive, but still, scoring 58 points in a basketball game is not easy to do. Um, but give credit to him. He is on a whole different level right now. I think he's easily run away with the MVP uh, so far. So early in the season, he's obviously the favorite, which makes me smile because that means Truman's boy Giannis uh, is just falling away, and he's not uh, going to be the front runner. Uh, at the end of the season. But we're going to do a quick standings update. We haven't done a standings update in a little bit. Um, just so you guys know what's going on right now in the NBA. Uh, so I'll read you 1 through 8 with the Eastern. Uh, 1 and 2 right now. It's tied. Uh, Milwaukee and Toronto. They have the they are tied for the number 1 seed. Although Milwaukee has the tiebreaker. Because they beat Toronto early on in the season. So Toronto's at 2. Indiana's at 3. Philadelphia's at 4. Boston's at 5. Miami's at 6. Brooklyn's at 7. Charlotte is at 8. Um, then we'll go to the Eastern, to the Western Conference. Uh, number one's Golden State, obviously. Number two's Denver. Three, Oklahoma City. Four, Portland. Five, Houston. Six, San Antonio. Seven, uh, Clippers. Eight, Utah. Um, and then with the outside looking in, the Los Angeles Lakers. They have fallen since LeBron's been out of here. Um, but... If you're going to talk about basketball, we got to talk about LeBron James. And yesterday's press conference after the Celtics game, Kyrie Irving said that he called LeBron and just apologized for how he acted uh, when he was in Cleveland. Uh, he acted like the young uh, 
kid thought he deserved everything and thought he should get the ball every single possession. Uh, but now he understands because now he's kind of the older veteran uh, there in Boston with a bunch of young guys. Uh, and they, things aren't going well right now for the Celtics. Um, so I thought that was interesting to see that he kind of grew up a little bit, I guess you could say, um, and apologized because you never think Kyrie is a guy who just like apologizes like that. Um, but that was really cool to see uh, him say that. Um, but with the Celtics, a lot's going on right now. I don't think Kyrie's done this multiple times this year. Where he's called out the younger guys. Uh, I don't think that really works. I think it's something with that you should deal in house more uh, than outside. But you know what are you gonna do uh, with that? But obviously James Harden, 58 points, 57 the other night. Uh, still still hasn't scored 62 like my main man Carmelo Anthony. Uh, update: We are on day 70. That's right, it's been 70 days since Carmelo Anthony has signed, has played in an NBA game. Uh, and obviously that, that NBA game wasn't his best NBA game. I'm sitting here right now in my Carmelo Anthony Rockets jersey that I got for Christmas. Uh, and I love it still, no matter what. Even if you only played a couple games there, uh, it's just a great jersey. Because Carmelo Anthony is and forever will be the GOAT. Um, we got a video the other day of him working out in the gym, which was cool to see. Um, you know, He's staying ready because you just have to... Um, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And that's what Carmelo Anthony is basically saying right now with those videos. Uh, so that's very cool to see him continuing to work on his game, even though he's getting tons of hate in the press, which is unneeded. Um, and I do want to debate, to debate a couple more uh, times about Carmelo, but I have to do that with when we have guys on the show um, because I think he's he is the most underrated basketball player of all time. Everybody knows that. I know that. Um so I want to debate that a little bit more, but we still are at day 70 when a legend of the game still doesn't have an NBA contract and old-ass Vince Carter still has a contract. So that doesn't make sense, but what are you going to do? Uh, it's the NBA. So we're going to move now to baseball. I want to get through baseball quickly so we have enough time for the Joe Hawley interview. Um, I wanted to talk about that too before that. Uh, so let's start with baseball. We don't have a lot of baseball news. We're still waiting on Bryce Harper and Manny Machado to kind of fall. Um, we want those contracts to fall into place. But a couple free agents that I want to you know clean up here. Uh, Avisail Garcia, I believe how you say his first name, Avisail. Uh, he signed with the Rays. Uh, he was an all-star in 2017, but last year he kind of dropped off. He only batted 230. Uh, but they are hoping... That uh, the Rays are hoping that Garcia turns that around uh, and becomes the All Star that he was a couple uh, a year ago, two years ago. Next free agent news: Wilmer Flores signed a deal with the Diamondbacks. Uh, he only played, I think, a hundred games the last four seasons. He's been really injured. High level prospect coming up into this, um, but he really hasn't done that much. Uh, but he does have a pretty good amount of power. Um, I think you'll see him at first base this year, kind of covering up for Goldschmidt. Uh, and this is a good signing for them. Low risk, high reward signing. Because um, if Flores can kind of regain that uh, prospect level, uh, I think he could seriously do some damage there at first base. Especially with the loss of Goldschmidt, this is a huge sign for the Diamondbacks. And it's only a, it's only a one-year deal. So uh, low risk, high reward contract. Next, last free agent I want to talk about, Adam O. Otanovo, I don't know how his name, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, signed a three-year, $27 million contract with the Yankees. He's a relief pitcher. Uh, I think he's one of the more underrated relief pitchers. Uh, he had a 2.3 ERA last year, uh, which is something that, you know, is really good for relief pitchers to have an ERA below 2.5. To have an ERA below 3, 
uh, is good, but 2-5 is even better. Um, if you remember this name, uh, Tinivo, uh, he said that if he was in the game today, if, he, if Babe Ruth was in the game today, uh, Adam Atinivo, I'm butchering that last name, said he'd strike Babe Ruth out every single time. And it's funny now that he's going to the Yankees, uh, where Babe Ruth is the legend. Uh, we'll see how he's received there. Uh, and I'm sure if he starts to struggle, I'm sure that quote won't be received well with the fans. But let's get into our interview with Joe Holly now. Before that, I want to remind you guys that our show is also brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio to get a haircut at a low and fair price. A great haircut at a low and fair price. Um, me, Truman, uh, and about 90% of our guests that we've had on this show have gotten their haircut at Dom's at least once or they are lifetime guests. Uh, I think he's up to 90 clients now, and every but he always fits you in, and every cut is amazing. $7, you won't find a cheaper cut. Um, uh, like I said, tomorrow, actually, it's Thursday right now, I'm recording this, tomorrow, me, Truman, and, you know, Johnny Glad, who's been on the show a couple times, we're going up, and we're getting a fresh haircut, and I'll let you know how it goes on Tuesday, but, uh, we are very excited to get a nice cut from Dom, uh, he always does a great job, so check him out on Instagram, at these home cuts, send him a DM, set up an uh, appointment, and trust me, you won't be disappointed, you won't find a better haircut at a cheaper price, uh, D's home cuts, professional haircuts, at a low price. So, this is our interview with Joe Holly. You're about to listen to in a couple seconds. Uh, a little bit of background on him. Uh, he played eight years in the NFL, uh, five years with the uh, Falcons, three years with the Buccaneers. Uh, started a bunch of games within that within that time period. I think he started over 70 games in his career. He's dealt with some injuries. Uh, he played football at UNLV. I think he was a fourth-round pick then coming out. Uh but a very cool guy, very um, nice to us. It's crazy when you get athletes that actually want to come on this show because we are obviously not a big show at all. We're still climbing the uh, the ranks up the ladder here to get bigger guests. Uh, and Joe's our biggest guest to date. Um, to have somebody who started a bunch of games over his career, you know, he's done a lot of things. He's experienced a lot of uh, things over his NFL career. It was cool to talk to him about that. Um, but not only that, his, his retirement is one of the more unique retirements um, that you'll see around professional sports. Uh, just a quick little backstory, and then we'll get into the interview. Uh, when he retired, he gave up, I think, most of his, most of his possessions to charity, um, and he bought a van, and he adopted a dog named Freedom, and now he runs around the country in his van, traveling around, visiting different places with his dog. Uh, he starts a, He has a YouTube page, and he has like a vlog channel on his Instagram. Uh, I believe it's called Man Van Dog Blog. Uh, it's really cool to see all his little travels and stuff. It's very unique because usually athletes, you know, when they retire, they just kind of chill out. Um, but he's doing something that, you know, a lot of us would love to do. Uh, and thankfully, he has that experience to do so. But not only that, we talk about that, but we also talk about his NFL career, which was interesting in itself. Um, so enjoy the interview with Joe. Uh, we'll talk about it after. Um, but here he is. Joe Hawley, uh, former Buccaneers and Falcons offensive lineman, now retired. So enjoy, and I'll see you here after. So lineman Joe Hawley, now retired uh, offensive lineman. Uh, let's just get started with that right away. I mean, what's retirement like? I know you kind of have an unconventional retirement going on right now, so if you could tell us a little bit about that. Man, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, retirement is amazing. It's everything I dreamt of during while I was playing. A lot of people don't realize this, but when you're playing football, they think it's a super glamorous job, but it's actually a lot of work, very physically demanding. It's very mentally demanding. It takes a lot out of you emotionally, physically, mentally, 
It's very stressful. So a lot of guys, if you talk to them while they're playing, especially in the middle of the season when they're grinding and it's, you know, every day they're showing up to work just miserable, just, you know, hard to wake up in the morning, their body hurts so bad that they'll tell you they, they dream of times like this. And so now that I'm actually experiencing it or I'm done with the game and I get to, like, relax and kind of enjoy all the hard work I've put in over the years, it's it feels very, very good. Mm-hmm. So what did you, when did you know, like, did you know right away it was time to hang it up? Or did you still think you had a couple more years left in you and just, like, injuries or something hit you? Yeah, so, I mean, I definitely probably could have played another couple years, um, but I made a decision because of my body um, that it just wasn't worth it to me. You know, I I sat down and, you know, it was a couple of years process going through my mind, and when I realized, you know, I had enough money in the bank that, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that needs a lot of things, mm-hmm. buys a lot of things, and so I was like, you know, what am I doing if I if I go play and hurt my body for a couple more years to make some more money? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that really going to get me to like a more comfortable place in life? And I didn't think it would, and so I made the decision that that's not going to be worth it. It's going to you know, take away from my health on the back end, and I started realizing a lot of people, they sacrifice their health and their well-being for money right now so that when they're older, they use all that money to try and get extra years on the back end of their life. And so I started being conscious of that. I decided, you know what, I have enough money to be happy right now. I saved well. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss football. Football was a lot of fun, um, but it was a lot of work, and it really was taken away from my physical capabilities. So I decided to make a decision to walk away. Yeah. So what would you say is the number one thing you miss about football? has to be the camaraderie and hanging out with the guys, uh, being part of the locker room. Um, yeah. There's really nothing like it, I think. I've never had a real real normal job, obviously. I mean, I've been playing football for 16 years. And mm-hmm. so now I'm 30 years old, and I'm kind of at this point where I got a little bit of money in the bank, and I'm going through what most you know 20-year-olds go through when they're trying to figure out what to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. Except I'm in a u- unique opportunity where I have a little bit of money in the bank. I got a lot of time, and I'm a lot more, you know, a lot wiser than I would be if I was 20. So I get to kind of figure out where my life's going to go. And I just got done playing a kid's game, which is pretty freaking awesome. Like one of my best friends is a, he's becoming a big time lawyer in Las Vegas. He's already gone to law school. He's a litigation lawyer. He's like fully into his career. Mm-hmm. And I played high school football with him. And I literally just got done playing football. Like the game we started playing together. I just got yeah. done playing. So it's I'm very grateful for that. It's pretty pretty darn cool um to look back on it now and, and you know, I lived a kid's dream. But I'm excited about what's next and what's to come. So did you this is your first year obviously retired. Did you watch a lot of football this year? Did you have an opportunity to watch, you know, the Buccaneers or your teammates play? Yeah, honestly the only games I really made an effort to watch were um were the Bucks because I know a lot of the guys and I, I wanted to support them. But honestly, I'm kind of embarrassed about how little football I did watch because, like, this last week in the playoffs, um, you know, someone told me that I think the Cowboys were in and then the Eagles yeah. were in, and it kind of blew my mind because I remember <laughs> when I was paying attention at the at the beginning of the season, they were both, like, three and five, and so I was like, yeah, yeah they're in the playoffs. And so that <laughs> just kind of shows you how uh, how much I really paid attention. But, yeah. you know, th- this week I'm, I'm definitely going to watch, you know, the playoffs. Um, you know, the intensity gets picked up, and obviously it's the championship weekend, so it'll be a lot of fun this week to watch. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so going back to your retirement a little bit, what made you want to give up all your stuff and start traveling around the country? Yeah, so, I mean, I've always wanted to, to see the country. Um, I went through a pretty bad breakup at the, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was engaged, and we ended up breaking off our engagement. So I was, you know, single, 
Um, I have all this free time. I had a little bit of money in the bank where I knew I didn't have to transition into like a real job just yet. And so I saw this opportunity where I have some time, like, and everybody always dreams about doing like a road trip and hitting the road and just like not care, having a care in the world. And I was like, you know what? Like I, I am the one person that has an opportunity to really do this. Like I'd feel like I'd be letting it, letting it fly by me if, and really upset some people if I didn't take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my thought process. And, you know, I was going to store all my stuff in, uh, in like a storage container, but I figured that was just going to cost more money. And then whatever I did after, like, I didn't know if the furniture was going to fit the house. And so I thought it'd be really cool to just pay it forward, let somebody who really needs it have it. Um, gave away a lot of my, you know, closet, a lot of my clothes. It mm-hmm. didn't really fit in my van. I didn't bring it with me. I just gave it away. And I hit the road. I rescued a, a dog named Freedom. Named it yeah. Freedom. It's perfect. And we hit the road. We were on the road for like eight months. And it honestly changed my life. Like just being on the road and, and meeting different people and I mean, it's been it's been a really wild ride, and I'm I'm excited that I just bought a new van actually uh, about six weeks ago, and I'm gonna hit the road again in March um, because I loved it so much and, and do it full time. Yeah, so you know, I was following up. I saw your YouTube channel. You know, I was watching a couple of your videos. Uh, you know, what, what was the coolest thing you think you've witnessed so far? You know, when you're traveling around. And there's a lot of beautiful places in this country. Um, you know, people don't realize. You know, they're always thinking like, oh, I want to go to Europe or go to Asia. And, you know, there's these national, we have one of the best national park systems in the whole world. I think mm-hmm. there's over 50 national parks. And like when you, there's a reason that these places are, you know, reserved because they are beautiful. Like, uh, you know, the Grand Canyon blew my mind. Um, and it's so diverse too. You go from a desert to the mountains to forests to the coastlines. And there's just so much beauty in different ways. And so just being able to drive from place to place is pretty cool. I've, I've flown to a lot of places, but being able to kind of get that you know, feel of where the country is and how it's all laid out was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing was meeting really cool people, really cool like-minded people. And, you know, I tell people this all the time, if I would have done this trip 10, even just 10 or 15 years ago, it would be a completely different experience because now with social media and the, the ability to connect with people so easily, I was able to travel around and meet different people through social media and Instagram. And, you know, I went to a lot of baseball games to kind of get my mind off of football. And I met people at baseball games and got to, just talk and experience different, you know, different ways. And it's, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Really, really eye-opening experience. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. That's a dream. So just getting into your football career here a little bit, we want to ask, who was the hardest player you had to block in your career? Man, I would say, like, the scariest guy. So this is when you're an offensive lineman and you're preparing for the week. It's like, which guys would you lose sleep over? That's, like, the best yeah. question. Because <laughs> when you're preparing and, then they, you know, they make these guys look silly on film and, you know, that the scariest guy to me would have to be Aaron Donald um, uh-huh. because as a center, they usually had, when I played them, they had this package where he would line up, you know, head up. They would run like a 3-3 nickel package or a 3-4 nickel package. So they'd run Aaron Donald head up on the on the nose. And a lot of our protections, if they knew that we were, you know, fanning the guard and tackles, would be a one-on-one between me and Aaron Donald. And at center, it's a little bit different than at tackle or guard because at tackle or guard, you kind of have an angle of the, the, D, the D lineman coming at you and you kind of stay inside out. Mm-hmm. When you're at center, he has a three-way go. He can go right down the middle of you. He can go left and right. And the biggest thing that Aaron Donald brings to the table is his counter move. Like, yeah. you feel like you got him locked down, you got your hands on him, and all of a sudden he's right by you and you're like, what the heck happened? He can get yeah. into his counter move so fast. And um, so – He's definitely the one that gave me nightmares the most. Um, I feel like I did pretty well against him. I boxed him down, but it just, you had to play 
you know, elevate your level of play that much more when you played them, and so it's just a higher stress environment. All right, I gotta ask. You were known because of your beard. You had a pretty great beard during your NFL career. Still do, baby. Now. Still do. Yeah, uh, and you're also teammates with another guy who has a great beard, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who do you think yes. has such a beard? Well, I would say, I don't know. I, I, Ryan's my guy. Ryan's my guy. I'll yeah. tell you a funny story about this. When, when there was about three years ago when he first came to the Bucks, I was already there for a year. And mm-hmm. so when he came, you know, the whole thing was like, oh, his beard and your beard, like who's is the best beard, kind of like you're asking me now. Yeah. And we didn't really know each other at the time, never really met. And so there was a couple of times where we'd walk by each other in the, in the uh, locker room or in the in the building when we, before we were really introduced. And we yeah. kind of like make eye contact. And it was like this real like tension, like our beards were competing, you know. <laughs> and then finally, finally we ended up, you know, talking and be like, yo, what's up? And he's like the coolest dude ever. But he literally like everybody always puts our beards against each other. He has a phenomenal yeah. beard, but I don't think anything competes with mine. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> gotcha. So we did our research, and we know you were known as a trash talker in the league. What D linemen talk the most trash back? Would you say? Man, um, it's a different kind of trash talk. Like some guys, if you're like trash talking to them, and you're like really, you know, beating them and like putting it on them, they're trash talking like they can't really keep up. But then there's a guy like Aaron Donald when he trash talked. It was like he knew he was better than you. Yeah, like he, he talks like like you better not do that because I'll make you look silly. And so that was kind of like that would make you kind of question your trash talk. You'd be like, okay, maybe I should not, you know, poke the bear as much and kind of just <laughs> calm down a little yeah. bit. Because there's certain guys when they talk to you, you're like, okay, this guy. Some guys are just all talk. Some guys they can back it up. And so if they back it up, you're like, okay, let's mm-hmm. take it easy. So it really depends who you're playing against if you really are dominating or not. Yeah. All right, so uh, also in your career, you were fortunate enough to be on two seasons of the show Hard Knocks. Do you think, did you like it, or did players generally like being on Hard Knocks, or was it more of like an annoyance with all the cameras around? Yeah, when you, like when I first heard of us doing it my first time in Atlanta, I think a lot of people were upset. Uh, you know, nobody really likes, you know, you, you just, you got to be careful to what you say, because they got cameras and mics around you all the time, and yeah, you know, in that kind of environment, when you're it's such a high stress environment, you're like always constantly judged. So we always, as players, like, okay, this is another way for them to judge us on what we're doing outside of the practice and football. But honestly, like after the first couple of days, you get used to it and you you actually enjoy it because it breaks up the monotony of training camp. Like the worst thing about the season is the six weeks of training camp because it's such a grind. It's every day and it's just the same thing every day. So when you have the camera crews and the camera crew people are really cool to work with and they're, they're actually really easy. Like if you don't want them in your face, you can be like, you know, yo, just give me a second and they'll, they'll yeah. be really cool with it. And they try to stay out of your way. And then um, I think they're they're going more towards like a positive. It used to be like probably five or six years ago, it was like really like cutthroat, like about how cutthroat the NFL is. But I think that was kind of become giving the NFL like a bad rap. So they changed it to more of like a positive feel and like, you know, different storylines. So I think, you know, it's growing into something that people might enjoy and it, it's just, a, it's good publicity. Um, obviously I think there might be a little bit of a, a curse with it because I don't think anybody who has been on hard knocks has had a very successful season. Yeah. I know the year we were on the, in the bucks, we were had really high expectations that year. And I think it did kind of distract us from the ultimate goal, which is, you know, being successful during the season and training camp is such an important part of that. Definitely. All right, so we asked all of our interviewees um, these questions, but what was your favorite athlete growing up? Um, favorite athlete I looked up to probably Brett Favre. Uh, my dad 
We're big Packers. Was, uh, big Packers. I love it. Yeah, my dad's from Wisconsin, so we watched. Honestly, I didn't watch a lot of football growing up, but the one team I really watched was the Packers, and uh, loved watching Brett Favre. Um, just his attitude and what he brought to the game. I mean, I really kind of feel like I played. You know, played similar to him. You know, having fun, being like a big kid out there, not really taking it too seriously, and you know, playing the game, not playing it like it's a job, which is really cool. I really admired him for that. So, what was your favorite memory from your entire football career? What was like? the thing you look back on the most? Man, there's a few of them. Um, obviously, I think one of the biggest ones was, was getting invited. Like, I went played at UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. It was a small school. We never really had a winning season for, like, 20 years. Not a lot of people thought I was going to get drafted. And I didn't even think I was going to get invited to the Combine. Mm-hmm. So when I got invited to the Combine – um, my senior year, that was like a big step for me to like kind of showcase where I was at. I did really good when I went to the combine, um, and so I ended up getting drafted. I thought I was I was projected to be a seventh round free agent. I was drafted in the fourth round, which I was really proud of. Um, and then another one would probably be my second my second year in the Falcons. My first start was opening day, September 11th, the 10 year anniversary of September 11th, opening day at Soldier Field in Chicago. And I remember sitting there, and they did this moment of silence throughout the whole NFL because all the games were on at 1 o'clock, you know, and just did this moment of silence, and they did a pan over of all the stadiums. And, it, like, it's giving me goosebumps right now thinking about it. Yeah. And it was my first start. And so I went out there, and I, Brian Erlacher was the middle linebacker, so I was blocking him a bunch that game. And that was, like, a guy I looked up to playing when I was, like, in elementary school. <laughs> so it was kind of wild. Um, you know, there's a bunch cool. of different memories. That I don't think there's one big one, but there's definitely a bunch of milestones. Um mm. And obviously, you know, becoming a starter, um, my fifth year after a bunch of stuff that happened in my career, I came back and then I blew my knee out. Um, had to overcome that. When I overcame that, I got cut and I went to the Bucks. Uh, very proud of my what I put in the time I put in with the Bucks too. I wish I would have won more games, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, now looking back. Just being grateful for the opportunity to to play eight years in the NFL and realizing now, like, because when you're in it and you're grinding, it's like you're just trying to get through the next day and trying to get to the next goal, the next milestone. And when you're finally done and you look back and you take a deep breath and you go, wow, like, I played eight years in the NFL and not a lot of people can say that. So I'm very proud of my my whole career and what I went through. Definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned in, earlier in the show or earlier in the interview here that you got your new van and you're going to be traveling back in March. Um, where's your next place? Where are some places that you'd want to visit? I haven't planned really specifically that far ahead. Um, there's definitely places on the list. I would say probably going to head up north um, in the spring and do some baseball games once baseball season starts in April. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to go up through New York and Boston, hit those. And I want to go probably over to Niagara Falls and travel up through the northern states, hit Mount Rushmore. And then I want to spend um, a month or two up in, like, the Pacific Northwest, Montana, Idaho, Oregon, Washington. Excuse me. Yeah. And uh, I heard it's beautiful up there. Um, there's there's plenty of places I still want to see. But I don't I – don't, like I did this last year, but I don't want to plan it too much. I kind of just want to go and let the, let the kind of road guide me. Uh, it's the way to do it. If you plan too much, awesome. it just adds a whole other element of stress. So. Just going with the flow. All right, last question, then we'll let you go. What's your Super Bowl pick? Super Bowl pick. Yeah. What are the four teams in it? We got the Chiefs, Pats, right? Yeah. Yep. And the Saints, and who are the Saints playing? The Rams. The Rams, that's right. Okay, yep. wow. Aaron Those are four good teams. 
<laughs> Those are probably the four best teams in the, in the league. That's pretty cool that that worked out. I would yeah. say um, I think the Chiefs. I think Mahomes is the real deal. Um, obviously, the toughest test they're going to have is, is the pass this week, and the pass are, mm-hmm. are ridiculously good with Belichick game planning. Um, so hopefully that's a good game. Um, I think the Rams got all the talent. I just think they might be a little inexperienced. Um, I think the best, the, you know, Drew Brees, obviously, he's been yeah. playing lights out. But, you know, if it was me, I would probably say Kansas City Chiefs. All right. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for us. Do you have any more questions? Nope. We really appreciate it, Joe. Yeah, we thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime, man. Keep in touch and let me know if I can help in any way. All right. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, man. Have a good one. See you guys. You too. So that was Joe Hawley, offensive lineman, former offensive lineman for the Buccaneers and Falcons. Uh, really cool guy. Really had a lot of experiences. Uh, one of the more uh, entertaining interviews we've done in a long time. Uh, if you don't know the process, I've talked about it before on how we get interviews. Uh, I basically just go through and just individually type out message after message after message to these guys on Instagram. Um and you don't understand the joy that comes on me and Truman's face when we realize we got another interview with uh, with an athlete. It's huge, uh, especially a guy like Joe Hawley, who we both knew uh, when he was in the league because he was on Hard Knocks. Uh, it was just a great interview, and we really appreciate him coming on again. We'd love to have him on again eventually. Uh, so that was Joe Hawley. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, but that's the end of our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Uh, we ask that you go on to iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Follow us also on Spotify now. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. That's where you can DM us questions, comments, concerns, questions you want answered on the show. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, you want to do an interview, come on and send us a DM on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce from 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube at TNT Sports Talk 12. So we're all over the place. You can always find us um, no matter what. Uh, other than that, have a great day. Tune in on Tuesday. We might have another something planned for you, another something, something planned. Uh, so make sure you check that out on Tuesday. We'll also go through a full recap of all the action from uh, Championship Weekend. So enjoy. Stay warm. Stay safe with that winter storm coming. Uh, and listen in on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.